Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and more. An extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. LPN Deep Dives presents A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. I don't even remember where we are at the end of this, of the end, from the end of last episode. So last time, <laughs> on last episode, uh, she had... They had gone through the hewn city, and then they left, and and Rison and her got into a big fight at the lake. I just know what I was reading about earlier today. Yeah, I was literally reading these scenes, and I was laying in bed last night, and Jeff was like, I can feel you vibrating next to me. And I was like... <laughs> just the exasperation. He's like, I've had to hear about these books. For a year and a half. And I was like, well coming. then, Rizan. And he's like, I know. I know <laughs> what happens. <laughs> um, he better strap in because there's many, many hours left of this. Oh, yeah, baby. And oh. I am excited about it. Yes, this is this is a, this is going to be a horny one. This is a horny time. It is. We are happening here. So get your horny boots on and flap out. Your wet hats, because today is the day. Why <laughs> about your wet hats? Natalie? What? <laughs> do you guys do in your house? Oh, you know, well, we are still. Do, you refer to, do I refer to myself as a bridegroom? Is that what you say? I was watching. Um, yes. I was. I saw some old school. Uh, like, like dating game. And someone was talking about like, well, I am a bridegroom of six months from like 1977. I was like, am I a bridegroom? How long do you call yourself a bridegroom? Well, he said bridegroom of six months. So. Oh, he said it? Yeah. I thought bridegroom was for the, the the lady. No, actually, it's a man on his wedding day or just before or after the event. It is. Why does he also call? Why is he also called a bride? I, maybe he, it's supposed to be saying he she she certainly can't walk on her own. She needs help. So he, <laughs> he has to escort her. When marrying, the bridegroom's future spouse is usually referred to as the bride. A bridegroom is typically attended by best man and groups. I don't know. This is not the time to be looking into this, probably. But I was, I was enticed by the hey. old game show I was watching. Also, buddy, six months later, it's like calling your baby like 
She's 400 months. Yeah, that's true. No. But I mean, that's no, still... No, she's not. <laughs> not that I could even possibly do the quick math. Maybe these are the quick math situations that our math teachers in high school are like, you're going to use it someday. I mean, I have a phone. I could. We could just edit this. I go check and then act like I figured it out in my head. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that's too much yeah, work. Yeah, I don't. I don't you already like did all the work of having to like go through the plot of this and not just keep slipping out of your seat. I know. Although it's I can't a lot of work. speak for your experience, and if or not you were slipping out of your seat while you wrote it, girl, slipping. Come on, slipping and sliding. This is a life-altering series of chapters for woo, all of us. Woo, woo. All of us. All of us. This is what mm. um, we've been waiting for. And this slow burn is finally paying off. And it's paying off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we were talking about earlier, we were calling where we left off, which was after they left the Hewn City, they got into a big fight. At a lake in the I mountains. I hate you. And he's like, no, I hate you. But they didn't even say that. They no. were just, they were speaking some truths. And yes, you should save your truths for April Reels Day. I know, right? But not all people they didn't can have wait their, that long. They didn't have their clappers. No. And maybe she, and if she had said this to him and had gone too far, he would have gotten clapped in the face. Woo! Clapping and slapping. Clapping and slapping. Almost April Reels Day. Uh, so, yeah, in, in, she also says something that's, like, not totally chill. Like, she calls him a mess. And I don't think yeah. that's very nice. And so, you know, I do think it's fair. Also, that, uh, messes shouldn't throw mess at uh, glass mess. mess. Right. <laughs> Mud shouldn't throw dirt at poop. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! We're just starting out. Keep that fire for later. Mm, yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> I do think it's fair, though. He gives her a little grief about this because that was mean. Yeah, it was mean. And despite her not really knowing his motives, he has been very attentive and caring to her over these months of when she's just like falling apart. Yeah. And that's really a cruel thing to say. It's also the hardest when someone tells you something you fear about yourself, which, you know, you know, you cut to the core of me, Baxter. Oh, He's my saying, God. She's saying something that actually like he worries about. Which is like the worst when somebody says that to you. You're like, no, that's a, and then that's because all you worry about it, you know. That's why if you're giving an April Reels, you have to be able to take one back. That's the part of it. It's the give and take of April Reels. Reese, Feyre, are you are you not brought up on the rules? Maybe they were having their own, and this was like a prequel to April Reels, since I guess this was in the past. We don't know. We have no idea. We don't know. And she she does toy with time a little bit in some of the other books. Well, that's why, you know, I'm reading. I'm also currently reading Crescent City right now. So I think that's why I'm like, but that's it, technically in the present. So does that make this in the past? But is it in the present? Wow. You. <laughs> that was me going through a time warp. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I believed it. I'm sorry. It's all it's Riverdale being back too. There's lots of oh, there's lots of time. You're jump getting all your stuff confused. Yes, man. We're in Prithian right now. All right, now. we're in Prithian. So 
she's getting so regardless that she can't get a hold of Rizan, she is still trying to get ready for this starfall situation. I don't uh-huh. think I could pull her dress off, but it's gorgeous fashion. Yes. Um, my dress obviously is not what she was wearing, but I had this sequin dress with stars on it. So like, what am I not going to wear? I think you look great. I'm wearing a nighty tucked into a skirt. So we're ready for starfall. But I also have my horns on today. And I just want everyone to know, yes, it is getting horny in here. She wore it for, because it's horny. It's horny in here. See, it works. It's not just me, though. It's a metaphor. Sister-in-laws getting horny together. Yep. That should be the name of this. You know, um, we're not blood-related. It's, yeah, it's, it's fine. legal. Yeah, this is like Paul Rudd and Cher. What? From Clueless. Oh. <laughs> you used one character's name and one real person's name. And one real person's name. name. Yeah, it was really, you know, really. I like to I like to keep it fresh in here. I like to keep it on your toes. <laughs> All I could see was Paul Rudd and Cher, the singer. You know what? I'd watch that tape. Yeah, but I, I don't get how they're connected. <laughs> okay. Now we're back. Sorry, we're back. Uh, so it's, yeah, so her fashion, it's this completely fashioned out of blue gems and it's full length and long sleeve, but it hugs her body. Otherwise it would be modest. I know. And I bet that she looks so good in it, but I can't really say that pale blue is either one of our colors. No. I don't think I would ever choose a pale no. blue. I think I would, I mean, I obviously would try it sure. on, oh, but yeah. then I'd be like, probably not. Also, it seems... Like, it'd be very uncomfortable, like, sitting on gems on your butt. Oh, yeah. No, you got to keep you can't, keep your you gems stand. in the front. Well, you got, or you can't sit down. There are so many fits that are like, oh, this is like, you know, and the same with shoes, too. It's like, these aren't walking shoes. These are standing shoes. Yeah. Like, these are, like, preening shoes. I've learned a lot about this since living in L.A. There's, like, fits that you wear to stand in in front of other people and then fits that you actually um, wear. Yes, not I that think, I have the standing fits. I just know they exist. Yeah. I think this is a standing fit for sure. This is like the uh, step and repeat dress. So she feels like a fallen star. Oh. Drama. Oh, um, perfect. She, she describes her dress being noisy, clinking, and hissing, which would make sense since it's pure jewels, which is a fun. It's got to be heavy, too. Is that what jewels sound like? Yep. Man, Natalie's been around a lot of jewels, and she mm. knows their sound. <laughs> We're fancy ladies. Yeah. Vera makes her way to the roof of the townhouse, only to be greeted by Cassian and not Reese. Oh, because of their fight. She still doesn't know where he is, but they have a nice little friend scene here where Cassian both flatters and teases her, and it's quite endearing. Already very brotherly. Yeah. I like it. And Valaris has gone dark. So he comes down to take her up into the House of Wind, and everyone's lights are out. She still doesn't know what's happening. So Starfall. It's Starfall. And they... On Starfall, it turns out they open up the House of Wind to the citizens of Valaris where they can dine and dance and wait for whatever is about to happen. Whatever it is, how do I get an invite? How do we okay, – all right. So we've brought this up a couple of times that there's going to be a Valaris Starfall ball yeah. in Colorado and it is already sold out. How do we get in? How, if anybody it, knows the how creators, do we get into it? If anybody knows the the people who like produced it, we'd love to cover it and maybe we can yeah, do a we'll live podcast turn it into or work. something. We'll we'll make it work. Can we please, please? I'll wear my wedding dress, please. You're using Feyre negotiating skills right 
now. <laughs> I, I am being a bit of a Feyre. I've got Please. nothing else to give. <laughs> I don't. I'm a mess. I'll say it. I'm a mess. Get me into the Starfall Ball. And if anyone has tickets, like, let us know because um, I just want to be like, oh my god, you're so lucky. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I I feel like we could totally work something out. Maybe we could do like a, you know reporting from it or something. I'm yeah. trying the other aspect. Yeah, you're doing the professional <laughs> aspect. I'm doing the pathetic groveling aspect. One of and them will work. One of them's gonna it's gotta work, or else we're just gonna go and stand outside of it like Creepus. I mean, we could do that. Do you That's think we fun. would get arrested? Mm, if we, what on... if we were all dressed up? Yeah, we could probably just go in like spies. Oh man! Now we're just publicly saying we're going to, well, to, you know, go in illegally. I hate to say this, Natalie, but neither one of us are the most mysterious of people. I try. <laughs> I don't think that we are languid in any way, shape, or form. Because I think I'd be outside being like, "I don't have a ticket. How do I get in?" I tried for years to be mysterious, like my model friends, and it. I I can't. No, 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 no. I I wear my heart in my sleeve, and that's okay. So as Cassian sets favor on the ground of the balcony, that sounds like the ver- that the balcony that she gets dropped on, I think, is the first one that she arrived on the first time she went to the House of Wind because it's off the dining room. I'm pretty sure. Whoa. I like tried to look it up and it seems like it's the same balcony where they she like was first set down by Reese. And so we get a gorgeous more fashion here. Also one that I could never pull off. No, it's more white. White. And also expensive white. Silk. How you have to look, you have to have like the body of a warrioress to be able to pull off a white silk dress that's like hugs your whole body. That there's no like room for error in your body to have that kind of fit on. I, I, I'm impressed. I mean, also, like, w- completely solid white can't do that. No, it's expensive. I'd be concerned the whole time. You didn't I might wear white on your wedding look day. Good on, no, yeah. No. My wedding dress was sh- – we're getting on a lot of sidebars at the top, but I have to say. <laughs> Sorry. This is going to be a chatty app, by the way. I saw my dr- wedding dress on Love is Blind. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I did. I took a picture. <gasps> Nobody tries it on, but it's in the, the on the rack. Oh, okay. Them. No one's wearing it. I was like, I, I would have noticed because they were no. all kind of wearing basic bitch ass dresses. They kind of yeah. were. So, yeah. I don't want to brag or anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. We are doing a lot of side parts sometimes. Yeah. I don't want to brag or anything. It's been an intense week. We're, yeah, we dudes. got it. We're going to focus now. Sure. Yeah, we are. Wow. Laser. Lasers. Favor catches poor Azriel's eyeballs popping out of his head at Moore's butt during this uh, first interaction, seeing Moore. You can almost hear the awooga, awooga coming I mean, from him. I do feel bad for Azriel, but come on, pull yourself together, man. After all these years. I mean, it's hard not to stare at Moore's butt, but we all got to try. That's very inconsiderate. But, you know, he's doing it. He's he's doing it sort of like discreet, except Feyre's always being a busybody about their relationships. But he's a it. shadow singer. You think he'd be able to look at an ass and not get caught looking at the ass? That's, I'm that's just saying. Much, that's how much he wants to see that butt, see that booty. I got to <laughs> see that booty. Um, but, yeah, 
Farah's observation of Azrael's, quote, ravenous hunger just serves to make her think of her recent escapade in the Court of Nightmares. Yeah, she keeps thinking about the Court of Nightmares. How could you not? How could you not? Farah's relieved to see more since she doesn't have anyone else to talk to since Cassian saw another Illyrian as soon as they got there. And he did that forearm slap thing. Yeah, brothers. Oh, yeah. It's that thing that like warriors and cosplayers and douchebags do to each other. You know, it can be really hot by certain people doing it and really not if some people are doing it. Yeah, I mean, if Cassian did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers Um, being brothers. Yeah. So, the Illyrian boys. Just a general Just thought. all of them. Just, ugh. I was, um, I laid nestled in, uh, like, uh, like underneath Jeff's arm last night as we laid in bed. And I was just like, man, this bed would be so full if you had wings. It's probably for the best. And he's like, this is what you're thinking about as we lay <laughs> together in bed. You're thinking about me having wings. I mean, he's got the the shoulders and the height he's and everything to be an Illyrian warrior. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't like it when I keep saying that I was like, these like certain scenes that I was reading, I was like, remind me of X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to get into it because you're my sister-in-law. But I was just thinking about him with having wings. It's just, it's just a thought. I'm not asking him to put wings on. I yet. mean, <laughs> if he loved you, he would. Though. If he loved me, bridegroom, bridegroom. <laughs> so more only alludes to something that will occur shortly because. Like, Feyre's like, will somebody please explain to me what's happening? But she won't reveal anything further to Feyre at this point. She does mention that Amber won't be attending and that something about Starfall disturbs her. And I find this interesting that perhaps this is, again, referencing something about Amran's past that we don't know about. And as far as I know, remember so far, we haven't explored more about what the deal is with Amran and Starfall. And I wonder if we'll come back to it in some future book. Oh, I hope so. Um, Favor being a busybody lightly asks if more has been with Cassian during this conversation. I love that Favor does, though, like, ask the question. She's like, yeah. so, you ever bang him? Huh? And, she, and the thing is that she knows this already from Rissan. Uh, I imagine Favor just wants to hear Moore's telling of the yeah, events. It's girl talk. Yeah. Moore confirms that they did have sex to taint her, quote unquote, you know, like, she doesn't feel that way, but that's how her family felt. But only that one time that it caused such a rift between Cassian and Reese that she didn't want to mess with it. The more we learn about Morrigan, though, it seems that she just truly didn't have interest in being with Cassian, even though she does love him, that if she really wanted to, she would have told her cousin to fuck off if she really wanted to be with Cassian. Yeah. She chose him for other reasons, though. I'd picked him not just for his kindness, but also because I wanted my first time to be with one of the legendary Illyrian warriors. I wanted to lie with the greatest of Illyrian warriors, actually. And I'd taken one look at Cassian and known. That's a fun way to choose your virginity taker. Yeah, and she just chose him was just like, we're going to have sex. And he's like, okay. Yeah, no, I, I think it was just like... He's like, okay, and they're just like already in bed. Um, not quite my experience for my losing my virginity, but you know. Oh, no, everyone knows my virginity story, and it's very similar to having sex with an Illyrian warrior. Mine was on an air mattress in a shitty apartment that had no other furniture in the room. Which... But he did put candles out. Oh, yeah. but also if you think about it, it would have been difficult to have sex with someone with wings because it probably, like he would have been so big, it would have popped the air mattress. So it's for the best. It is for the best. (laughs) (laughs) 
He was nice, and that's all that really that's matters. That's nice. That is nice. Moore tells Feyre that she has many has had many lovers in the century since. And thank God, can you imagine being immortal and just spending hundreds of years being like, I'm waiting for my soulmate? Uh, because I think you would go insane. I mean, people like already. If you have a sex drive. Yes. And I feel like already you see in you know, all these like love is blind kind of shows, everything. It's like a 25 year old just like, will I ever be <laughs> married? Oh, my God. It's like Ugh. you can't even wait 25 years. What about people who are waiting hundreds of years? Yeah. You tell them. Yeah, let's I'm go, telling him. I'm telling Love is Blind. Let's tweet him. Fucking Irina. <laughs> um, if we start tweeting at Love is Blind about <laughs> things about we're learning from Akatar. <laughs> I think that's a level two. We deep. might need to go to see, like, touch grass at some point. <laughs> um, so. I mean, but, I do have the horns on. Maybe I just start wearing horns all the time. All right. I don't know how that helps, but I, I support it. I'm horny. Ah. Uh, well, but Moore hasn't found a mate yet, and maybe she doesn't super care, all right? We don't yeah. know. Plus, Cassian has had tons of snooch. I wrote snooch. I don't know why I wrote snooch. I've never I mean, referred to it as that in I my love life. it. I bet Cassian has had a tons of snooch. Uh, since then, and so it only bothers him because a woman dare not want to get in his pants. So, like, basically she's saying to Farah. Stop. Don't do this unrequited love thing. We're both fine. We both have it's other fine. lovers. It's, it's not a thing. Oh, it drives him insane, Reese said from behind me, and I jumped. But the High Lord was circling me. I crossed my arms as he paused and smirked. You look like a woman again. Good Lord. It's a weird thing to say to yeah. somebody. Well, he's really upset, and I feel like he can't talk about it right now. So he's doing that whole, like, I'm upset, and we can't talk about it, so I'm going to say, like, kind of snark things yeah yeah yeah. because his butt got hurt and that's fine it's fine more is like a great great work cousin uh then she goes and finds somewhere else to be so reese's fashion is um you know notable uh he's wearing a white shirt under his black jacket both of which are unbuttoned at the top to reveal his illyrian tattoos she certainly seems to notice yeah Feyre thinks about how I she, love all of this inside of Feyre's brain as she's starting to notice more and more about how fucking hot he is. But she still won't. I love the writing of it that she still won't say, like, good lord, that looks good. She just like, oh, I see he's has his shirt unbuttoned. That's interesting. In, that's very interesting that's that I've noticed that. it. Meanwhile, um, my tongue would be like, <laughs> like, I'll, like, roll all the way out the door. <laughs> Feyre thinks about how she tries not to look at him and immediately fails, hence the clothing description. Mm -hmm. They both seem to be feeling the situation out, and Feyre asks if he's going to keep ignoring her, sort of self-righteously. So they both, like, seem to be feeling out the situation, just kind of eyeballing each other. And Feyre asks if he's going to keep ignoring her because he hasn't been answering her notes, being sort of self-righteous about it. But then he does bring up that she just called him a hateful coward. Yeah, dude. And she doesn't know what to say to that. (laughs) So, one of those, oh, I did just say you're a careful coward. Yeah, I did. Um, And, like, that's the thing, Vera. Sorry, sometimes what you say hurts people's feelings, and there's going to be some repercussions of it. Yeah. Oh, boy. But before they can continue, the event is beginning. (gasps) Reese steps behind her as they both face the balcony and Feyre observes what she thinks is a shooting star flying extremely close to where they stand. As it passes, the citizens of Valaris raise their glasses and drink as though it is a time-honored tradition. 
I leaned back a step into Reese and quickly stepped away, out of his heat and power and scent. We'd done enough damage in a similar position at the Court of Nightmares. <laughs> more and more of these star things begin cascading past the balcony. At the sight of it all, the party begins. Live music starts and the citizens of Valaris all begin to dance. Wherever they were, people began dancing, swaying and twirling, some grabbing hands and spinning, spinning, spinning to the drums, the strings, the glittering harps. Not like the grinding and thrusting of the Court of Nightmares, but joyous, peaceful dancing for the love of sound and movement and life. There will be no dirty dancing here. Get out of here, Patrick Swayze. We can do a little bit of dirty dancing. Come on. All these stars are falling. The stars are falling and I'm holding on to you, Reese. I'm going to grab your butt. (laughs) (laughs) I looked down the barrel of Natalie's eyes as I sang it. <laughs> she specifically says there's no grinding and thrusting. There's no grinding and thrusting. Fine, 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 fine. Favor watches the inner circle, her friends, her honest-to-goodness friends, dancing together, laughing and spinning. Reese, however, looks sad as he observes this. Like, he knows how rare and precious these sorts of nights are for people who are so often forced to fight for others. God, isn't that, like, so who you melt for, the broody boy that's just like, I can accept this and I under I appreciate that this is what I've saved for my people, mm-hmm. but also everything I've gone through. And I just want to be like, I'll kiss you, I'll make you better. It's almost like you could use that as a weapon. Whoa. Uh, I'm not evil, though. I just want to kiss. Not you, the person who's brooding. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You have to be careful with those broody boys. right. I know. They're not usually resons. No, they're not. But sometimes they are, I guess. You you learn that lesson pretty young when you're into broody boys. Yeah. (laughs) At least you should, but sometimes it takes takes a a little. It takes a a while. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... Reese asks Feyre to join him at another spot at the House of Wind where they'll have a better view. Also, a more private view. <laughs> Reese brings... Oh, sorry. I'm getting a little Mario, Mario in here. Mario Get out of here, Mario. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help. And yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reese brings her to a private balcony on a part of the house that's not open to the public. Way up towards the top of the mountain. Ooh. Here it's a little awkward at first when they're kind of trying to figure out how to talk about everything that just happened. But then they quickly address the fight. Both express regret and Reese says that he stayed away because she was correct, that he was a mess. Before it can get too intense, though, he says, I stayed away because you were right, though I'm glad to hear my absence felt like punishment, which is very Flirty. See, this is also the other side of broody boys that you often don't get. The broody boys that are going to brood, but then almost like like very quickly take you to a place where you're like, hey, can I talk about why I'm brooding real quick? Can we like get this out into the open? Like that is the an example of a very good a broody, broody boy, boy that's a positive broody boy as opposed to the ones that just won't talk to you and then um, would continue to not talk to you as a punishment. Just flop their hair in their face, be like, oh, I can't talk right now. That flappy hair. I have to go play guitar for an Oh my hour. God, they always had to go play guitar for hours. God. <laughs> it's that very guitar that made you be attracted to them in the first place and then they're just like oh you and your fucking guitar again huh um as they watch this star fall Feyre is closer now and is able to discern that these aren't actually stars no reese explains they're what he calls spirits but he doesn't explain further other than that they are on a yearly migration from somewhere and that no one knows what they really are or why they appear on this day every year Ugh. Like, Amron's backstory, I'm curious to know if this has any ties to Crescent City, for those of you reading it. It seems like there's something more that we're going to learn about what that is. Yes. Whatever the case, it's like the sky wants them to kiss. Yes. But Reese also says that there are less and less of these stars every year, though, again, no one has any answer as to why. Feyre thinks this is sad. They lean over the railing, watching, dangerously close to one another in con- contemplative silence, until Reese recalls terrible memories of Amarantha. Starfall is known throughout Prithian, though only the night court celebrates it. Even the mutants in the hewn city come out to watch it. I assume all frowning. It does seem like, too, that it is like the northern lights. If the northern lights were like constant for an entire, because I'm not sure how long northern lights last for, but like also really, really close. Yeah. Which would be so insane. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. Because of this information that Amarantha knew of this, she would assault him all night Every time Starfall happens so that he remembered who owned him. But jokes on her, he was content knowing that his family and friends were safe. And so he didn't mind that she didn't even know they existed was what kept him at peace during those days. Feyre challenges this. This is a sort of a more civil continuation of their fight at the mountain lake. You don't let anybody know this. You don't let people in. That's why he's not down there dancing with him, thinking they deserve to be happy. And she disagrees that they would want to know that he went through that. They watch each other as they lay out some of these truths and then smack. Feyre gets a face full of star slime. We didn't even know that could happen. 
She's jarred and shocked because she doesn't realize what happened, but Reese does, and he starts laughing. What do you think it's made out of? Ooh, I don't know, but I mean, I imagine it's all I could think in this is that they're um like tripping nuts, and then all mm. of a sudden, like it's like like black light glitter dust is all over her face, yeah. and just imagining like the heightened feelings of the night and how like how that would feel on your face, and like what does it feel like on your face? Yeah, too? I don't know. Since question, do you think if since recent thinks it's spirits, did they just kill one? No. It's something I do think about every time I go over this section. Do you think the other glow balls are like, no, Lionel. No. Not Lionel. He's gone. (laughs) No, I feel like, no, I feel like it's like part of them. Like it's like just like getting like brushed in the face. Like that's the aftermath. You know what I mean? All right. All right. All right. Feyre and Reese don't seem to care, so I guess we shouldn't either. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that would make this scene very different. Oh, oh God! Oh, my God! <laughs> At first, Feyre's pissed that he's laughing after she was so startled, but then as she watches his face open up and sees joy in his eyes, she can hardly be mad. When I went to rub it off, Reese caught my hands. Don't, he said, still laughing. It looks like your freckles are glowing. Oh. She goes to playfully shove him, and as he darts away, he slams right into another one. There goes Kyle. <laughs> no, that's why I don't think they're killing. And it makes Feyre laugh. Mass writes that the sound rasped out of her, which is, I think, is a good alliteration for someone who hasn't laughed in a long time. Like yeah. their throat is creaky. And, and then she approaches him. He went still as death as I took one of his hands in my own and traced a star shape on the top of his palm, playing with the glimmer and shadows, until it looked like one of the stars that had hit us. Ladies, gentlemen, people of all genders, we have painting. Yes! But it's horny painting, though. Yes. Because she is starting, this is around the time that she's like, and I believe that I look at him and I could paint. Like, they're starting to bring up. So get out your shot glasses. She's starting to say the word paint every once in a while. Start. I mean, that's the way to read this book. Every time she says paint, you get drunker. It's hard to read a novel drunk. Mm, yeah. But when there's a will, there's a way. And especially Maybe during if you're the, the audiobook. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Although that's, I think, even harder because then you got to actually pay attention. But I'm definitely someone that I need to read. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I like reading it too. Um, when Pharaoh looks up from her little doodle on his hand, Reese is smiling at her so beautifully that a genuine smile spreads on her own. I hadn't even realized what I'd done until his own smile faded. And his mouth parted slightly. Smile again, he whispered. I hadn't smiled for him, ever, or laughed. Under the mountain, I had never grinned, never chuckled, and afterward. And this male before me, my friend. So I smiled at him, broad and without restraint. You're exquisite, he breathed. Oh, oh, God, start humping, start grinding. I know there's no grinding on Starfall and that it's just joyous in your merriment, but can't we torque that into a cuppage? This is grinding on the heart. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> All I know is that thank God Starfall comes right before our release. 
the beginning of our releases <laughs> because this scene, I was just like, come on. It just like it does get me, though, because he's no, it's very so romantic. uh He's he's so overwhelmed that she smiled. Like that's how no. much it made him happy. Um, so obviously the scene is very romantic. It really is. They watch each other. Feyre asks him to tell her two things that he owed her from the last time. He said first that he went and hid, not because he was angry, but because he was worried that she would reject him. And the other truth, that he wishes he could take the kiss back from under the mountain. You know the one. Oh, yeah. When he was trying to save her and Tamlin from being mutilated after he caught them necking in the coat closet. Why does he want to take it back, she wants to know. Because I didn't make it pleasant for you, and I was jealous and pissed off, and I knew you hated me. Dangerous territory, I warned myself. No. Honesty. That's what it was. Honesty. And trust. I'd never had that with anyone. I guess it's true. I mean, her family uh, really didn't help. No, no one was protecting her. Remember daddy issues? So many. They're about to kiss, which God forbid. No, I get it. There's a lot going on in Volaris at the moment. Yeah, They're about to go on like this huge war. I can see why she wouldn't want to like immediately get entangled with this. And I mean, nothing gets you all primed for Horntown like almost kisses. Mm -hmm. So instead she says... Do you want to dance with me? It's hard being vulnerable. I know. Reese's eyes are lined with tears like he can't believe it. But again, just like when he brought along the inner circle on their first date, she wants to go down and be with their people while they dance. But this interaction has changed Feyre somehow. This time together, maybe the thought that she was potentially going to lose him over their fight has awoken her true feelings for Rizan, even if she's still not ready to say it fully. But the tenderness in her thoughts, her longing, it's painted all over her, just like that star on Reese's palm. Oh, my God. That's poetic, Natalie. Do you think they left Lionel and Kyle all over them for the rest of the night? Oh, yeah, man. They're just just juicing all through all their guts. I do wonder if they did just, like, keep all the glowy glow all over them. Well, I Um, assume that this is something that, like, not only just happened to the two of them, but I imagine people all are covered in the glimmer dust Oh, do you think it is? Like, it's like, what is that one um, celebration where they all get covered in paint? Yeah, like that one. Paintball! The paintball paintball terrarium festival! And everyone gets put into terrariums and they're forced to paintball. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't thinking of that one, but you're right. That is similar. Yes. That's Um, what I was thinking of. So... Maybe they do. Maybe everybody's all covered in it. I've never yeah. thought about it like that. That's yeah. Fun. And like I just imagine it as one big like I know that they're not thrusting and, and gyrating like the kids do, like Kevin Bacon would do. Mm-hmm. But um, I I imagine them like the, young in Kevin this, Bacon. Yeah. Right. Good lord. I just imagine them. All, they're all covered in this glitter dust, and they're all just like dancing and like feeling it, and everyone is on ecstasy. That's fun. Except they don't grind. Yeah, I know. Isn't There's there got to be a, a couple of grindings no, in there. No, it's only happiness. Yeah. And pure. Can't we have happy grindings? I've grinded like big smile. Ah, 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 ah. It's like thrust. I, you know, she said there wasn't. All I, right. I don't know what they're doing. All I right. feel like maybe they're just doing like uh, line dancing or something. Oh, everyone gets horned up for line <laughs> dancing. So <laughs> no touching. <laughs> Before they join their friends, Reese leans in and brushes a kiss on her cheek and tells her that he is happy to have met her. 
Chapter 45 opens with Feyre reminiscing about the end of the evening as they are all getting acclimated to their temporary home in the Illyrian war camp, which is where they're going to be protected because of them realizing that Rison's being being tracked, like his magic. After they had all danced together as friends that night, apparently, I had let Reese take me in his arms and dance with me, slowly, until the other guests had left, until Moore was asleep on a settee in the dining room, until the gold disc of the sun gilded Valaris. Ugh, this never gets turned into a film or series. It's going to be a great travesty. Ugh, we need it! She thinks about after he dropped her at her room and he left after only kissing her forehead that she, in in fact, waited for another 30 minutes to see if her door would open up. But it didn't. No, he's very romantic and he's taking this very slow and he's being really good to someone who's like undergone a lot of trauma. He's undergone a lot of trauma and they are taking it as slow as they Probably should be taking it. Yeah. And also, she could have been very drunk, you know. Yeah. It's not the way to bed a lady for the no. first time. But when she makes it clear that it's becoming harder and harder for her to be in a room with him, not think about him, or I should say not fantasize about him, I should say, wait, I said this. Episode. But she makes it clear that it's becoming harder and harder for her to be in a room with him, not thinking about him, or I guess I should say fantasizing about mm. him. And as and she still feels horrible about it, feels as though she's betraying Tamlin, because even though she does not want to be with Tamlin any longer, the guilt still persists. She pledged her love to him. And while he royally fucked up, pun intended, (laughs) he did save her in many ways, saved her family when her father couldn't or wouldn't. But that also is not a good reason to be with someone. It's like when Samantha said she was only staying in her relationship with Smith because he had stayed with her during chemo. Well, they did shave their heads together. (sighs) But Samantha, you just compared your relationship with cancer. Oh, my God. (sighs) (laughs) It's just like that. (laughs) It is. It's not a good reason to remain loyal to somebody I understand if you're with somebody you don't really want to be with them and they get sick, maybe you shouldn't bail on them in that moment unless they are really bad people. But, you know, you can't just, like, go off of guilt forever, you know? Not forever. So, Although guilt can take you pretty far. It does sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but it's never good. No. You know, whenever you're done, you're always like, I shouldn't have – I should have left a long time ago. That yeah. was bad. Yeah, dude. Um. Feyre described this war camp, her first real experience with these Illyrian warriors. It's a crude place, to say the least. It's designed to brutalize the young men into beasts of war, kind of like a forever boot camp. So they don't, they don't live in normal homes in the Illyrian war camps. They, are, they basically are living in temporary structures all the time, like to be trained to be that vicious and brutal. Ugh. They live in frigid temperatures, making most of them, you know, reside on the ground. There are a few buildings in the camp, but the vast majority of it is meant to be without sentiment or settlement. Dotted on one side are a variety of training and sparring rings where these beasts beat the shit out of each other. Feyre notes that there is no sense of hominess or camaraderie. There's no joy, only striving for excellence. I suppose that those born with Illyrian blood might have a natural knack for this or some innate drive to do so. But although I got there's got to be a few musical theater kids in there. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sure. Being I like, love raining on my parade. They're just like they're like, yeah, I love all this punching and you know, kicking. You could be that 
tight and also yearn to dance. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you might be good at fighting, but you're not. It's not. You know, you had the feet, but they don't have the heart. Oh my gosh! So. You know, I think maybe there's some that go in the trees and I practice kickball changes. That's all I'm saying. And also, you know, we think about like Reese's mother putting him into these camps, essentially encouraging him to learn how to fight, you know, in the same way that like thinking about these joyful Illyrians that are in our lives now and now thinking about what they had to go through and the fact that they still smile and the fact that they can go through all of that and still, like, come out the other side, it gives me hope for the other Valyrians. Oh, it does. I feel like they can get—they can—because Reese is always trying to make it less brutal, but then the, like, the warlords, the camp lords are all against this. Well, and they're trying to make them the strongest, the best, the fastest. Yes, but they also—yeah, and they live also under, like, a traditional mindset of, like, this is the way it's done. And so— Man, I would be, like, so bad in, like, an Illyrian war camp. I'd be like, mm, can I have a bed? I don't. Unfortunately, Ooh. though, it seems like if that happens, they just beat the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, they beat you until you stop asking for a bed. Yeah. So, so um, more, more, I don't want to go there. No, I don't either. More expresses her hatred of this place as several males saunter up to them aggressively. Feyre notes how Reese could miss them in a blink of an eye, but nevertheless, they need to all be macho in front of him, even though he like could easily kill them. In this exchange, we learn that Cassian has been insisting that the young girls at the camp learn how to fight, too, and that the Illyrians do it extremely begrudgingly. Lord Devlin is the name of this camp's leader. I'm going to throw it out there. I bet he's really hot, though. Of course. You know he's really hot. But he's probably, like, he's probably, like, I guess they don't get, like, broken noses and stuff that don't heal again. Yeah, because they heal so fast. Yeah, you're right. Lord Devlin is the name of this camp's leader, and he's just as antagonistic to the inner circle as the grunts. Uh, but Reese is not shaken. Mm-mm. He demands they remove the warriors occupying his mother's old house and then so that they can stay there uh, for this time period. And then Lord Devlin looks at Feyre with distrust and disdain. You can sense that she's different. Though we get the sense that Illyrians aren't really up on the like comings and goings of the court, so they don't really know who she is. They can't be bothered with politics, it seems like. They're just sort of there to fight. Yeah, and also I just think it seems like um, they really look down on women. Yes, in general. And so I, I imagine, like, anyone that's coming in, like, on the same level as, like, a Moor and that Reese is obviously, like, giving her a lot of respect. I imagine that's going to piss them off just because she's a friggin' woman. Yeah, and then on top of that, she has di- – her scent is like, oh, you have – different powers that's crazy um as devlin scrutinizes feyre and stares her down i tried not to flinch away from meeting his stare she's mine he said quietly but viciously enough that devlin and his warriors nearby heard and if any of you lay a hand on her you lose that hand and then you lose your head reese because like that's the thing which i appreciate about reese is that he like stands up for her when she needs it, like, at least to show, like, to establish dominance. But he also knows that she could take care of herself. Well, yeah, and that, and the extension of that little passage, too, he says something like, and then when Feyre's done with you, I'll, like, use yeah, your, grind I mean, your bones yeah, or something. Yeah, I love that. Where he was like, a fake out. And Feyre goes, yeah! Yeah, you heard what he said! That's what he said! Yeah, I'm selling papes! 
<laughs> oh no, she's a and then now she's selling papes, no, and she's just papes. like, I know you don't need the quarters. She they, doesn't. They're, they're giving you money. She wants to earn a living. The Illyrians don't exactly back off, but Reese is the alpha here, so they don't continue to press. He also expresses warnings about Feyre's powers, which may or may not be true, but in the grand scheme, in the grand, uh, you know, tradition of witch fear, you've got to use it to your advantage <laughs> yeah, when you can. So he's kind of like, you don't want to mess with her. You don't know what she's capable of, my friends. Babies, get down. Mm-hmm. You don't want to mess with us. Reese warns more that she better behave because Lord Devlin is considered one of the more compatible and agreeable lords amongst the war camps, which Yikes. is like kind of letting us know that the Illyrians and Night Court's relationship is complex. Mm-hmm. While they tend to adhere to Reese's commands, some of it, some do it under duress, and perhaps that there are talks of rebellion mixed in there. So if Lord Devlin is the one who's more agreeable, that's not a good sign. No. We already know that the Illyrians have a disdain for the three Bat Boys for various reasons. Actually, it's just one they're the reason. Best. Yeah, there's one reason they're jealous. Jealous, jealous, jealous much. much. How many siphons do they have? You've got one. They've got seven. Seven apiece. Oh, they've got so much power. They need seven siphons. And not only that, they were born. They were bastard born and lowborn, and yeah. they're not even supposed Take to that. be. You know, they're. they're, they're they go off the old conservative, like purebred mentality, in the, yeah. in, which is stupid. You hear that, Illyrians adopt, don't shop. <laughs> For their babies? Yeah, sure. Yeah. For whatever. Or yeah. all their puppies. I'm sure they've got lots of puppies in these Illyrian caps. I bet they do. <laughs> they make coats out of so them. So angry during the day, and they go home and they're just like, puppies! They're faceted people. Then Reese tells Feyre that they are going, they're going to go train far away from the others because they don't want to be near the Illyrians. Feyre barely notices because she's turning something over in her head that Reese just proclaimed. She's mine. Oh, yeah. This is a fem. I can see a feminist take being like this is a form of misogyny, but I don't agree with that. First off, obviously, she's thrilled by this and a willing participant, but also he's using his high lord mask at these camps. So while it might sound objectifying, it's also sort of playing into this game that they have going on. Because he obviously sees her not only as an equal, but actually like just as powerful or more powerful than he is. And he like gives her that respect all the time, which is why you're right. It's like remembering the mask, remembering Mm -hmm. of who he has to be in Mm -hmm. these situations. And then it can also be... um, Hot sex. So anyway, he decides to take her over to the Illyrian steps, which has been mentioned before. Ah, she's bringing out her pointer. Right up here. Ah, the steppes. So they're up way up in the mountains up here at the top, and then he goes over here. To the steppes. To the steppes. I don't know why. Is it steep? S-T-E-P-P-E-S? Steps. I think it's steps. It's probably just steps. I know you're probably right. I just like going steps. Steps. <laughs> um, as they're traveling, Reese explains how he's trying to hold off the call to clip the female Illyrian's wings. Ugh. So as they're like up in the air, he's explaining how... The Illyr- he had banned clipping, but then when he got sucked under the mountain for all those decades, they a lot of them went back to it because. And we'll be exploring Illyrians' wings and, and female oh, Illyrians' wings yes. later in the books. We certainly <laughs> will be. But I do think you it's, can't keep them down. No, 
But I do think it's sort of an allegory for conservative like mindset or that like tra- the trad mindset where when Amarantha took over for those 50 years, the camps all started clipping the females again using that tired, it keeps them safe justification. Uh. This is similar to that don't go out at night, don't wear short skirts, be, don't be promiscuous fallacy of why like conservative thought shames women for men's actions. Um we're clipping their wings, i.e. controlling or imprisoning them for their own good. And keeping them grounded? How dare you? Yeah, because it takes away their autonomy, but it also does not work. Yeah. People don't stop assaulting because you cover shit up. Women aren't going to be safe just because you clip their fucking wings. Don't okay? clip our wings! Don't clip um, our wings. Don't you even clip our wings. I think Mass is specifically not like trying to give a moral lesson here, but it is incorporating that power struggle and the clash of beliefs and obviously showing that Reese's frame of thought is the only available one in a just world and that he is a feminist because he wants equality. Oh. Not women's supremacy, but I don't know, just normal, being normal. Be- why can't you just be normal and let women just be fucking normal? Because it's a tale as old as time and not in the fun beast way. No. Also, some of these females will likely be better warriors than some of the men. So let them all train. Yes. And those who are meritorious shall become warriors. And let the other ones who want to do jazz, let them do jazz. And it's here we first learn of the blood rite. It's not super important right now, so I'm not going to dwell on it, but we do see the blood rite come up again through the stories. What we know about it now is that the Bat Boys partook in the blood rite and were victorious against all odds. Take a look at me now. You think that's what plays I'm at the end? On the mountains, yeah. I'm just a bad boy looking for my other bats. Gotta make it to the top of the crest. Take a look at me now. I, I, I can't imagine any other song working as the soundtrack for when they shoot the movie. I did um, listen to Against All Odds earlier today, so it was on the tip of my tongue. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to Phil Collins in my alone to get time. You in, to get you in the mood for, <laughs> for the show. And you just you fantasize of yourself mm-hmm. winding up the mountain. Yeah, nothing gets me juicier than listening to Phil Collins. Phil, baby. <laughs> Uh, Fill me up. Come on. Come on. As they land, Pharaoh wants to know about Tamlin and Reese's relationship. What's going on there, buddy? Mm. So you want to tell me about that? Or so he challenges her. He will give her answers for magic. No problem, bitch. Pharaoh pulls out some water animals. Water animals. Here. Water. 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 Butterfly, bird. Man, that would be so much fun in the bath. You know, just making up a bunch of little figures for you to play with made out of water. It would be fun. You know, all that time that she's got that now she's just laying in the bath. The Illyrian war camps. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tamlin, uh, so he goes on to explain. Tamlin was too young to partake in the Great War, but they knew each other from being Nepo babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shocking twist here, Tamlin and Reese actually used to be friendly. <sighs> Reese notes that Tamlin was the only one of his brothers that wasn't cruel and hateful. He saw a vulnerable young Fae and taught him sometimes, giving him some Illyrian training. So, like, Reese was sort of a big brother figure to him. Both Tamlin and Reese were very powerful, and their fathers were both intimidated by that, especially by Rhysand, now the most powerful lord in Prithian history. 
So Tamlin's father wanted to make a statement, just like toxic people do. Man, his family. Like, that's a thing. We give, we all like, I hate Tamlin. But, like, think of where he came from and how horrendous his family is. I guess this is the first time we really find out about how horrendous his family is. I don't really hate Tamlin. I get very mad, but I don't hate him. I get mad, yes. And I think that he's got a lot of growing up to do. And I think he's got a lot to learn. I think he's probably already, like, five or... At least like 400 years old. He should probably get his shit together. I know, but he's been alone for so much of it. It's true. Talk about another, it's a different kind of broody boy. I'm it like, is. He this is, is a different broody he's boy. He's a different kind because he's like, mm-hmm. I have to do these things. And then like, I'm going to protect you. Like like old school protect you. Where it's like, that's not, come on. I don't know what year it is, but whatever year it is, that's not the kind of protection she <laughs> it's wants. It's not the right year for that. <laughs> Um, but he doesn't even wear eyeliner, which is like one of the best parts about a brood. Oh, I bet he'd look really hot with eyeliner. He would probably. Um, so Tamlin's father wanted people to know he was top G, even though he wasn't. People who are really top G's don't need to go around telling everyone all the time. Tell it, Natalie. People just know, son. Yes. But Tamlin's father didn't get the memo. And so one day when Reese's mother and sister were coming to visit Reese at the war camps, and thanks to... And this, they knew because thanks to Reese telling Tamlin about this visit, Tamlin's father and all of his sons intercepted them in the Illyrian forests, thinking Reese would be there with them. Even though he wasn't, he slaughtered the females where they stood. Then he put their heads in boxes, Kevin Spacey style. Oh my God, what's in the box? And sent them to the nearest camps on the river. Tamlin's father also cut off their wings. Their fought for unclipped wings. And pinned them up like trophies. And I mean, there's no less beta, there's no more beta behavior than multiple men on two untrained, unprepared women. That's what cowards do. This story sends Feyre into an icy rage. Yes. And she gets a new sense of how she may combine her court's powers, that she might make them something entirely new and hers. She harnesses her ice and freezes the water animals midair. They come crashing to the ground and shatter. So this news is not what we've heard so far about Tamlin and Reese's relationship. We really only knew that Tamlin's family was slaughtered by a different court. They haven't really said much else about that. And you know, you know that Tamlin hates the night courts. So you're yeah. going to assume these things. And also Tamlin was very good to not tell Feyre all of the story, just the parts that were pertinent to her trying to like to, for him getting her to hate the night court it's true but he also didn't ever say a, what he did yeah like he himself did right which is kind of messed up so it just goes to show they didn't really have a relationship it was they weren't being honest with each mm-hmm. other well, mostly he wasn't being honest mm-hmm. but so Yes, the men of the Night Court did in fact slaughter Tamlin's brothers and father, Reese included being there. He was there, but it was in retaliation, which is again something that Tamlin didn't mention. However, Reese made his father promise not to kill Tamlin's mother in that moment when they went to go kill because he was like, we're not this kind of person, this untrained, sheltered woman, like she doesn't know how to fight against us because she was kept in a cage and, you know, like, Reese's father was, like, agreeing. Yes, we won't do that. We won't hurt her. But then Reese's father killed her anyway. Reese realized that this wasn't the way. And he tried to stop his father when he went to Tamlin's bedroom. He actually tried to protect and save Tamlin from his father. But it didn't matter because Tamlin killed Reese's father in one blow. 
everyone in both of their families, murdered, mutilated, and eliminated. Except for these two untested young high lords. Because then they, like, yeah, they become the high lord, This like, right as that happens, essentially. Like, Reese becomes the high lord. Yeah, their power shift. Uh, so after this last death blow has taken place in the spring court, Tamlin and Reese stare at each other, and then neither of them act. Reese winnows out, and they both take their places as high lords of their respective courts. Tamlin has never told Feyre any of this again, Damn. only that his family was killed by a rival court. Tamlin likes to avoid. Look away. Mm-hmm. But in, su- in doing so, he's just further cemented that he and Feyre were never really together. Not like together, together. He is an island. He is a rock. So Feyre's ice. I'm singing a lot today. You Sorry. are. You're I'm, very, I'm, I'm, I'm you're like a little songbird. songbird. Really? I am it's a the songbird. Horns. It's the horns. And it's, it's the excitement knowing the scenes that are coming up. Feyre's icy anger turns to fiery rage, and she sends the clearing they're standing in into an explosion of flame. Yes! Even as she's receiving this horrible information, it's as though she's learning. Knowledge makes her more powerful. What a shock. <laughs> Reese waves how Feyre is taking this information in. Feyre responds by sending a wave of cleansing dark. Dark as the night sky, in fact. The power did not belong to the High Lords, not any longer. It belonged to me, as I belonged only to me, as my future was mine to decide, to forge. She surveys Reese, looks at him as if for the first time. The sight of him in his Illyrian fighting gear, wings spread across the entire width of the clearing, his blade peeking over his shoulder. There. In that hole in my chest, I saw the image there. At first interpretation, he'd look terrifying, vengeance and wrath incarnate. But if you came closer, the painting would show the beauty on his face. The wings flared, not to hurt, but to carry me from danger, to shield me. And looking up into his face, I said, I want to paint you. Take a drink! (laughs) He gently lifted me into his arms. Nude would be best, he said in my ear. (laughs) 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 Then they are back at Reese's mother's house in the Illyrian camps, convening with the others over dinner. We learn that the three of the ten Illyrian females that they've been training have the potential to be great warriors. Sick. So let the males who want to learn piano go do that and let these ladies take their place. Why is this difficult? I know. Why can't we all live in Illyrian harmony? But I don't think that they're really built for harmony. No. Nor I, I'm I'm mostly comparing it to our own world, just being like, why do you guys make this so complicated? It doesn't yeah. have to be. But no, their biggest uphill battle will be to go against their families who want them clipped. And man, fuck that shit. Morris to go to the Hewn City the following day, and Cassian is speaking softly with her as the dinner ends. Reese leads Feyre towards the sleeping quarters, and it's obviously becoming harder for them to be in the same space as one another. Every step upward. I could feel Reese at my back, the heat of him, the ebb and flow of his power. And in this small space, the scent of him washed over me, beckoned to me. But he leads them to two separate doors. Come on! (laughs) For a moment, Feyre leans against her door, watching him open his. 
She considers how easy it would be to walk across the hall and basically attack him. Mm -hmm. And he starts to turn back towards her, but she can't let go of that nagging voice in her head. The one that is calling her a traitor and likely also a tramp in a fickle and a bad person or maybe I'm just projecting you know I think I think we've all had these shame spiral Mm -hmm. guilt trips in our own brain yeah so she quickly closes herself into the room she'll be sharing with more that night and I do I do wonder also if there's the the element of um feeling like you don't deserve it yeah and that he doesn't really want me that this is all just like a pretend thing because like you gotta think like it wasn't that long ago that she was like oh he's just trying to like seduce me to keep me around he's just trying to make sure that like I'm not gonna go anywhere so I'm sure that that also is playing a part inside of her brain too because it's like he's not going after her not like not physically not intimately yeah and she probably at this point has such deep feelings that it would be like devastating to her if he kind of was just whatever about it but like the first move he made like of course he's going to be hesitant because that's why he wants to take back that first kiss because it was so brutal and it was in such a time period that like both of them were experiencing such trauma Mm. I love it I I want to fix it (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) All of those things are going through her head. So instead, she quickly closes herself into the room that she'll be sharing with more to get away from whatever he was about to say or do. The next day, they are back to their training in the woods. He says that they are going far enough away from the camps because she exceeded his expectations of her capabilities. And they need to be away from like society so as not to draw attention. As Hyburn has somehow put a tracker on Reese's magics, they can't winnow and will have to spend the night away from the camp. They get to work. Are you smiling? Okay. I was waiting to see if you're slowly going like. Ah. Um, so much happens in these next chapters. I know. It's just so like she's so good at getting so much plot in because I'm like, it's crazy that like because I, I read again, I read every week up to what we're about to. So it's fresh in my head. And it's just like, man, it's just like one thing after the other, dude. Mm-hmm. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. 
If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They get to work deep in the forest, but both seem to have a hard time concentrating. (laughs) Every step away, I could feel Reese's stare devouring me. Or maybe that was through the bond, brushing against my mental shields. He feels her reacting to his reactions, and she drops her mental shield a little. That amusement turned into full delight, and then a lick of pleasure that went straight down my spine. Lower. Wow. That's a whole nother level of flirting. Oh, my God. Brain flirting. I I mean, this is also part of the problem reading it last night that I was like, Jeff, wouldn't it be so great if we had a bond where we could, like, talk through the bond? She's like, I can't hear about this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Even though she's told him to stay far back from the spot where she's practicing magic because she's still working on control. She hears him start to walk towards her. She's about to tell him to stay back when... Feyre. I whirled. Arrow knocked and aimed at the source of the voice. Four spring court sentinels stalked from the trees behind me like wraiths, armed to the teeth and wide-eyed. Two I knew, brawn and heart. And between them stood Lucian. Oh, no! Lucian's been hunting for her. Oh, my God. Perhaps Lucian is surprised at the fae female standing before him, healthy, color in her face, light in her eyes, not wasting away. Yeah. Not running to his arms in gratitude. Yes, because she's a whole person without Tamlin. No, instead she's regarding him with wariness, even malice. Mm Mm-hmm. No matter, she's probably in shock. He reaches his hand out, only to have her step backwards, out of his reach. Maybe she doesn't understand the urgency of time, that they have to leave immediately. No. I breathed. The word rasped through the rain, the stream, the pine forest. In fact, Ferris pulled an arrow out on him in realization (gasps) that she may still be angry at him. And he tries to explain He's made mistakes. Mm-mm. He's sorry. Mm-mm. The Tamlin's sorry. Mm-mm. Where is he at? Oh, so you're going to, okay, under the mountain, Tamlin, you're not going to do anything to fight, right? And then on top of it, you want her? Go get her. You're going to stay in your mansion and send your boys to go get her? You want her? Where you at? And also, but he shouldn't even have sent Lucian. She no. said, don't follow me. Yes, she sent him a note. She sent him a note to post it. <laughs> Favor realizes in this moment, if she man- if he manages to close the distance, he's going to winnow her away. Put the arrow down, Lucian murmured, like he was soothing a wild animal. Behind him, 
before sentinels closed in, hurting me. The High Lord's pet and possession. Don't, I breathed, touch me. Damn, bitch, yes. He's still speaking to her as though she's a child, as though he has forgotten that she saved his entire people single-handedly. Yeah, dude. That she's proven herself over and over to be so much more. And as much as I like Lucian, he still refuses to see the real version of her. He keeps himself cloaked in Tamlin's fantasy in order to appease Tamlin and keep the peace. But he does know better. This also goes back to the whole guilt thing and how long guilt holds you in. Because remembering that Tamlin took in Lucian when, like, he had no one else to turn to, that's what keeps him so loyal. When in reality, look at the fae that's in front of you. Mm. See her. (laughs) He can't. I know. And instead he tries to grab for her. I was not the High Lord's pet any longer. And maybe the world should learn that I did indeed have fangs. Lucian's finger grazed the sleeve of my leather jacket, and I became smoke and ash and night. Yeah! I mean, I've been listening to Hans Zimmer scores while I write, and it really adds to the effect of these scenes. Ooh, that's fun. Um, Feyre has successfully winnowed. Yes! And zipped across the clearing, Lucian turns to her where Reese now stands behind her, and she tries on that cold mask of the High Lord of Night. Lucian's eyes sliced to me, and he said with quiet horror, What have you done, Feyre? Um, she's taking her autonomy back. Yeah. That's what she's done. Yeah. She's sleeping through the night, not puking all the time. That's she's what not she's done. She's not puking through the night anymore, Lucian. To be fair, Lucian probably didn't know she was throwing No, and, like, um, he really—I think that, like, he also takes a lot of my ire when in reality, like, he also is obviously trapped. I'm mad at him, but, like, I I still like Lucian. Yes, me too. Lucian tries to appeal to her again and again, and while Feyre wants to maintain this face of cruelty, her truth slips out. Because Lucian was her friend. She trusted him. She believed that he would help her, and he didn't. You gave up because he did watch her waste away and he was a coward for it. He chose to keep the peace, decided his loyalty to Tamlin Mm -hmm. was more important than her Mm well-being, convinced himself of it. Lucian no doubt feels shame and asks if the Night Court is so much better. Uh, yeah, do you see the Fashion? Come on. (laughs) But but as far as he knows, of course, it's just another under the mountain there. And I do feel bad for him here. He thinks he's doing the right thing, the noble thing, trying to help her. And he's no doubt spent countless hours and days hunting for her, trying to make it right. But Feyre will do what she has to do to keep all of Valera safe, her friends, and Reese. she realizes. I said to Lucian, Low and quiet and as vicious as the talons that formed at the tips of my fingers. As vicious as the wondrous weight between my shoulder blades. When you spend so long trapped in the darkness, Lucian, you find that the darkness begins to stare back. So metal. Yes. And she feels Reese's shock and awe because as she's saying this, wings have sprouted she's behind her. Wings. Bitches, she's got wings, bitches. Beautiful Illyrian wings. Yes. What a badass scene. I want to shoot it so bad. Lucian is shooketh. The human girl you knew died under the mountain. 
Damn. So she basically says, leave here now. If he or anyone from the spring court tries again, she will hunt them down one by one. Damn. Lucian seems genuinely devastated. But interestingly, Feyre reflects on how she is wearing this mask. But it may have turned, this mask that she's wearing may have turned into her true face if she had remained in the spring court. Choking on the perfume of flowers. How dare those flowers. Suffocating on the lace. Ugh. Locked behind doors. Planning her parties. That just because something looks pretty and sweet on the outside doesn't mean that there isn't poison buried inside. Sick. Her mask of cruelty would have been carved in this land of eternal sunlight. Mm-hmm. I wrote about Lori Daybell in here, but we should probably keep it out of Prithian. Okay. Lori Daybell is a case that I'm following closely, but she's a very, like, um, pretty model Mormon uh, LDS woman who uh, oh, murdered so a bunch of her family. No, I bet she didn't. <laughs> she is blonde. I bet. How could she? Probably She's did it. Nah, yeah. Um, she probably could have benefited from a goth phase is all I'm saying. Sometimes <laughs> the sickly sweet facade is hiding the darkness yes. underneath and you need a release valve, right? But just a little... Not the whole... <laughs> that's the sound. Yeah, that's, but that's sound what happens it. if you don't let it out every often. Then you become Laura Daybell and you go uh, kill a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So they disappear, and Feyre gets her first feeling of what it feels like to have her wings touched. She shudders and arches. <laughs> so take a guess how I that think feels. That it Uh-oh. feels. Our pretty producer good. just dropped his phone. Yeah, because he's so into it. <laughs> it's and not he's why. thinking about wings. No, no, it's not why. I'm not. I'm sorry, Ryan. Um, <laughs> um, God, just imagine what the feeling of wings is like. It's I like your ear. Wings. Sure, yeah, like your ear. <laughs> <laughs> so she's not. So she's uh, from these wings. She's not as suddenly an Illyrian. She's, in fact, harnessed her shape shifting abilities. Ironically, a power from Tamlin himself, which is like kind of a nice representation of the imperfect male that he is. He's not evil. He's provided for Feyre in many aspects, including this this magic. He does love her. He's just tortured in some ways that he doesn't know how to handle. And he thinks that, the, like, the, he and Lucian think they're doing the right thing. Right. That she, like, genuinely thinks she's being tortured and forced. And, like, if you look at it on the other side, he took her, right? They get a note saying, don't come after me. I'm having a great time. Sorry. And that's it. So he doesn't know. Anything could be happening to her. Sure. But I think that if he was honest with himself, he would see that she was very sick at his home. And the fact that he does know Reese in a different way. It's not like he only right. knows the high lord of the night court Reese. Yeah, no, he that which is a good point. He knows that Reese was kind to him. He treated him like a brother when they were kids. So when they were kids at only, you know, 100 or so. Maybe that's what, like, gets his goat so hard is the fact that, like, she probably is having a blast yeah. over there. No, she probably is, like, living it up. Having, you know, just like, ooh, just getting... Touched on in the court of nightmares. I mean, probably there's a part of him that feels that, right? Yeah, Um, dude. As Reese takes them away from the clearing and into the sky, he remarks on how he's surprised that Lucian didn't help more, as if he's acknowledging he knows that Lucian has bravery and goodness in him. She's quite sad, and she says she's surprised as well. But she seems to get over it pretty quickly as he tells her she looks good with wings. I mean. 
And here we are at chapter 48. Bug eyes. Bug eyes. Horny horns, get your horny horns on, get your wet hats out. It's time for chapter 48. I don't know what a wet hat is to get out. (laughs) I don't know what to do. Uh, Again, y'all know this chapter. For those of you following along but not reading, you are missing out. I say even if you're not a big reader, give SJM the money, buy the book or audiobook, and just read the sex scenes. Yes. They're very good. Or we always love a library user. Go to the library. Although I think that those books, I remember even when I was trying to get them for my Kindle, I couldn't even get them um, from the library because they've all been taken out. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Like Just I had to go wait to the a library. <laughs> go to the library for horny reasons, like all these other people. Yes. Um, so we'll be having some people read a lot of this chapter for us, but we'll go over some of the finer points here. So when they arrive to this janky inn in the woods, uh, sort of a way station for travelers, makes me think of like Game of Thrones, where there's, yeah. there's like you know those little halls with rooms at- atop them. There's. Only one room available, Uh and in fact, only one bed. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sort of like, oh, yeah, Reese? Are you sure you didn't orchestrate this or, like, enter everyone's minds at the end and make them think that all the rooms are occupied? I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying. Not mad about it, dude. Only one bed. Mighty, mighty convenient. Have you ever been in a situation where there was only one bed? Oh, no. (laughs) I, I, I really wish that I could be in this situation, but, I mean... Now I'm all, ugh, I'm all supped up. You're a bride, you're a groom bride? I'm groom bride. You're a groom bride. Um, so Reese has disguised himself to an extent to enter this inn because he doesn't want them to know the High Lord of Night is there. And he doesn't want to use his magic to put his wings away. So he's just going to become some ex- random, extremely fine Illyrian warrior traveling through. Okay. And as they're both <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) And as they're both soaked and, you know, probably looking pretty unlordly, all covered in dirt and stuff, it probably helps mask them. So they are sequestered to a tiny freezing attic room with barely enough space for the bed. So there goes any chance of one of them sleeping on the floor. Oh, no. Oops. Feyre's immediately awkwarding it up. We'll have to see each other. We'll ha- we'll have to use each other for heat. I uh, I mean body heat. I mean uh, fuck me. I mean no. No. Can I see your penis? No. <laughs> oh God. I meant, um. Because they're all wet and they got to take their clothes off because they're so wet and they're so cold. Oh, they have their wet hats on. Yeah, but they're oh, taking yeah. them off. It's different. Well, it's a different kind of wet hat. Okay, that's okay. a different scenario. See, I don't understand. That's the cold wet hat. I'm nuance. talking hot wet hat. Got it. Reese leaves the room to retrieve them to retrieve food for them, and she gets into warm, dry clothes and waits for him. Can I also just go ahead and say, I know that this is not like a big part of this moment, but I did notice he's like, you, she's like, I'm hungry. And he's like, oh, I'll go get his food. He's soaking wet and he's freezing. And he's like, why don't you change into dry clothes? So all she's got to say is, I'm hungry. And he goes, he drops everything, won't even change out of his wet, cold clothes. And he goes down to feed her that for me. That's love language. That's like one of my love languages. And it was just like, oh, my God, he didn't even like wait till he changed. He's like, let me get her food. He's a gentleman. Smoking like a true fat girl. (laughs) (laughs) If all I had to do was look at Jeff and go, I'm hungry. And he just hops to. (laughs) He, in fact, makes his clothes wet, even though they weren't. (laughs) 
and then goes well to the yeah that's when you put on your wet ass oh, right 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 <laughs> okay yes that's that wet hat that's that wet hat um so yeah so she as she waits for him doing this very kind thing she reflects on the altercation today that she just had with Lucian. She recalls her last months at the spring court where Tamlin let her fade away, but also that Lucian let it happen. She knows that Rizan would never have let that go down that way. Nope. She recalls that Rizan was just more present, more aware, that he knew Ionthi for what she was right away, was not fooled by her the way that Tamlin was. Not only that, if Reese had somehow been unable to see she was flailing. Cassie and her Azriel would have helped her. They're basically just way better. <laughs> and also they're um, a family. They're a family. And like, and I feel like if Tamlin and Lucian weren't so divided by power and they that they were more like brothers, it, this would have been a very different situation and that he would have listened to Lucian and Lucian would have felt he had the autonomy to say, hey, I think that what you're doing is wrong. In the same way that if Rizan was treating Pharaoh like this— Cassian or Azrael or more would be like, what the hell are you doing? No, instead, Tamlin just goes, Rawr! Yes. Rawr! And everyone's scared. Oh, so you want everyone to live in fear of you, Tamlin? Um, so basically, yeah, they're better. She's just really finding every trick. Right now, she's like sorting through every thought she has in her brain satchel to justify touching this man's dick. <laughs> yeah. And baby, I get it. Yeah, dude. I mean, they have to stay in the bed for warmth. <laughs> just for keeping warm. <laughs> she return. He returns to the room with hot stew and meat pies. Mm. Not only that, but a bottle of wine. You know, the way that you do when you're about to share a bed with a work colleague. But it's just for work. Yeah. So he changes while she turns her back. And honestly, girl, the, sh- the restraint to not look. As they eat, some big truths start pouring out about as quickly as that wine's getting poured, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. He paused mid-bite, then lowered his fork. I heard every word between you. I knew you could take care of yourself, and yet... He went back to his pie, swallowing a bite before continuing... And yet I found myself deciding that if you took his hand, I would find a way to live with it. It would be your choice. I sipped from my wine. And if he had grabbed me? There was nothing but uncompromising will in his eyes. Then I would have torn apart the world to get you back. Goosh, 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 goosh. <laughs> Jesus, Reese, give her a chance. Ugh. Oh, so there. I mean, you watch her say like it's like. And then you look into the darkness. The darkness stares back. How he must have been hard as the dick. Oh, I mean, when her wings showed up. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so they're kind of like going here. You know, Feyre again asks for a thought exchange, just as they had the other day. Only this time, she doesn't want to do magic for it. Do you think that Faye's do drunk magic and hurt themselves? Have to. Do you think they get tickets? No, probably not. Not like winnowing tickets, although at the same time, you can get a DUI on a bicycle. So if you can get yeah. a DUI on a bicycle, I guess you can get a DUI while winnowing, especially if you show up in the wrong place and you're just like, ah, sorry. WWI? Yes. Um, what would win? What would winning is? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying 
did you do a WWJD it sounds joke? Like, it sounds like you can't be winnowing right now, Jackie. You <laughs> shouldn't be winnowing. I'm too horny. This oh, is the problem. Drunk... I'm drunk on horniness. I see, I see. Okay. Um, and so he he goes on to say that he's thinking that he looks at her and feels like he's dying, He like he can't breathe. He says, I'm thinking that I want you so badly I can't concentrate half the time I'm around you. And this room is too small for me to properly bed you, especially with the wings. <laughs> this is the part that I was reading when I talked about it. When I was like, <laughs> my heart stumbled a beat. I didn't know what to do with my arms, my legs, my face. I gulped down the rest of my wine and discarded the glass beside the bed, stealing my spine, as I said. I'm thinking that I can't stop thinking about you, and that it's been that way for a long while, even before I left the spring court. Feyre tries one last time to push away her desires for Reese. Traitor still clangs through her head. But she's, like, barely trying. Barely. Still, she says that they should go to sleep. Reese only... Replies, all right. And they lay in the darkness. Feyre begins to shake, and she admits to herself it's only partly due to the cold. Reese appears behind her, spooning her, and teases her that it's only for body heat. Then she feels his wing unfold above both of them, sheltering them from the cold. She reaches out to touch his wing, and his reaction seems to be too much for her to keep hold of her restraint. (laughs) She continues to stroke his wing, and then suddenly their spooning takes a different sort of meaning. Rizan's teeth scraped against my neck in a lazy caress. What is it you want, Farah? He nipped at my earlobe. I knew what he wanted me to say. I wouldn't give him the satisfaction of it. Not yet. So I said, I want a distraction. It was breathless. I want fun. His body again tensed behind mine, and I wondered if he somehow didn't see it for the lie it was, if he thought, if he thought that was all I indeed wanted. <sighs> I don't, we can't go too far more far into this because it's it. This sends me the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm wow. not gonna. I'm not gonna get into like memories I've got from no. this scene because no, I feel not like at that's, work. No, we're at work. We are family. And, and work colleagues. And work colleagues. And I feel that, um, I'm sorry, Ryan, um, that this is, this scene gets, um, this is the scene that I was reading last night that I, I was vibrating next to Jeff. <laughs> so, and, and they don't even have a full sex, they don't even have full nah, sex dude. in this scene. It is something, they're so, it's so powerful. It's so intimate. But there is a line after everything that happens that night that officially is crossed. There's no more teasing, no more alluding. They have gone out of work, colleague zone. Yes, dude. But now what? The next morning, Feyre awakens, rested and peaceful. Pleasure wrung from her. Reese is still holding on to her tightly. Carefully, I twisted to face him, his arms tightening slightly, as if to keep me from vanishing with the morning mist. Oh, oh my God. But man, how see, I think that they actually did really good with the uncomfort of like, okay, we were work colleagues and now we have 
crossed a line and now our relationship is different and how uncomfortable it is the mm. next morning and I do feel like no matter what no matter like how excited you are about something there's always when you cross that line with somebody there's always that like oh, did they, hi. are they hey. fine with it or did they have a nice time yeah <laughs> <laughs> did like, you have a nice time uh, do you like me do you like like me or do you not like like me I understand. Was that just a one-time thing? <laughs> and just playing that fun dance now? Yeah. So it's much more fun to read than to actually experience. Yes. It's very stressful. Yes, it is. Because um, especially with the scene that happened where I would say it is not um, – the pleasure has not happened on both sides. And then it's also the shame of in a – a woman in a relationship like that being like, oh, but I'm supposed to please. There's also that whole, like, layer added to it. Eh. <laughs> eh. Eh. Welcome. <laughs> Try to clip my wings. I mean, he insisted that she not. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. But still that uncomfort the next morning. Sure. Um. So... Now Farah's over here trying to play games for a second. She's like, Rizan, why'd you make that bargain with me? Because she she's like doing a thing where she's oh, yeah. she's expecting a certain answer, but she doesn't get what she was hoping for. She because she was the one talking about wanting to have fun and refusing to admit her feelings. Yeah, so she, she just gets, wanted a distraction. Yeah. So she gets the answer she gets, and it's kind of a cold response. And I didn't dare admit what I expected, but it was not. Because I wanted to make a statement to Amarantha, because I wanted to piss off Tamlin, and I needed to keep you alive in a way that wouldn't be seen as merciful. His mouth tightened. You know, you know there is nothing I wouldn't do for my people, for my family. Ouch. Yeah, dude. Ouch, ouch, ouch. She was trying to be like, why did you want me around? Is it because you wanted to finger blast me? And he didn't give her the answer of I just wanted to finger blast you because, like, no, it was important for other reasons. I think I do also write finger blast later on. So we really are family. <laughs> um, I love the phrase finger blast. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, but, you know, that's a harsh thing to hear in the morning, yeah. but she also kind of did it. She wants yeah. to play coy, so he's doing the same thing. Later that day, they fly back towards the camp, and neither of them seem to know what to say. It's awkward enough when you have a one-night stand with someone that you have to say your goodbyes, but I can't imagine then if that person had to cradle you in their arms and fly, fly you somewhere. you somewhere, And you're just, Yikes. like, kind of, like, not looking at each other. Like, yeah, because they, like, winnow for a long time in almost silence. Oh, look at that. Uh, wow, there's a mountain over cool. there. No. So what are you doing there? <laughs> oh, yeah. You still teaching me? Like, are you still like my teacher? Um, so Reese keeps almost saying something to Feyre. And he finally tells her that he has one more story that he needs to get out. He looks pained, though. She reaches out and touches his cheek. She says she won't walk away from him. Before they can go any further, Reese cries out in pain. No! They are being attacked. No! And whoever it is wants them maimed, maybe even dead. Arrows shoot through his wings and get shredded. Not the ash arrows! And right before they clatter to the ground, he sends a great wave of powers throwing Pharaoh as far away from their position as he can. Pharaoh goes tumbling through the air, and as she nears the ground, she manages to create a shield that stops her descent. She makes it to the tree line safely, but now Rizan is gone. <gasps> she can't hear him or feel him. But the, the bond! 
It's silent. No! Silent, Jackie. And the night is descending upon her. I hate this. She begins winnowing from tree to tree, trying to mold herself into him, trying to locate where he went the way that she entered Tarquin. I was night. I was wind. She aims herself towards where she thinks he fell, towards the broken tree she sees in the distance, and then here she smells Reese. She rages over how he was distracted about their tryst, blaming herself. But she knows his scent so well now that she they, they tried to track they tried to mask it. They tried to make it so that you couldn't smell him anymore, but she knows his scent. Whoever took him couldn't f- accomplish this. They try to trick her at one point by going two directions, one with his clothes and one with his body. But she knows something they don't, that she can smell herself all over his skin because of the night before. Yes! Sorry, idiots. Oh, I wrote finger bang. Finger bang. She just got finger bang. Sorry, idiots. She just got finger bang. And he didn't wash his hands. <laughs> <laughs> so you shouldn't wash your hands in case this happens. Just in case you get attacked by ash arrows. So she follows her own scent on him to a cave, and he hears. She hears him being whipped. No, mm. this is such talk about whipped lash. Um, because you go from such a horny scene into this scene, it's so sad. it is so upsetting. She says, "Hell no, nope." These Foot Clan motherfuckers go down like flies around her. She gets past the sentries at the front of the cave and spies Reese in shackles. Ash arrows still through his wings being tortured. No! But she can see that he is alive. And it was enough. It was enough that I detonated. The others around them shouted as I dragged my ash arrows across their throats, deep and vicious, just like I'd done countless times while hunting. One, two, then they were on the ground, whips limp. Before the guards could attack, I winnowed again to the ones nearest. Blood sprayed. Winnow, strike, winnow, strike. Those wings, those beautiful, powerful wings. She slaughters every one of them. Taking care of business, Pharaoh. Taking care of business and killing all the sentinels. It sounds like she's bowling. Winnow strike. Winnow strike. <laughs> she's not. She's killing. She's bowling. She's using. What if she was doing like lining them up and then rolling a big boulder? Whoa, at them? that would be fun. Like 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 blowing herself her body up like it's a blueberry in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> yeah. and rolls herself at him and goes like Winnow strike and I like knocks them down. I think that's what she meant. Yeah, pro- probably. Um, she slaughters them all and savors it. She relishes their deaths for hurting Rissand. She releases him to the ground, but he's barely conscious. He's too hurt to winnow them out. So she goes as far as she can take them with her unhoned winnowing skills. She can't get them all the way back to the camps, but she manages to leapfrog a a couple miles away to a nearby cave so that these other chumps who want the other way with his clothes can't surprise attack them. When they are inside the darkness of this new cave, she realizes that she's going to have to get these arrows out of his wings immediately and that it's going to hurt. Because they are covered in bloodbane. No, not bloodbane. So as she begins to saw them away, very careful to not leave a splinter of it lodged in the wings, she starts telling him a story. It's a story about the chest of drawers she shared with her sister back in the cottage. One she painted. The one she painted. One drawer for each. She painted flowers for Elaine on her drawer. 
Little roses and begonias and irises, she says. And for Nesta, she painted flames for her because she was always angry and burning. Reese's voice was raw as he said to the floor, What did you paint for yourself? I drew out the fifth, moving to the sixth before saying, I painted the night sky. <gasps> it's Reese's turn to be shooketh! <gasps> As she is going through this process of sawing them through, she's basically revealing that she always maybe had some, you know, part of this night court in her. And she says she wonders if some part of her was knowing, was waiting for this, that she says, I would never be a gentle grower of things or someone who burned like fire, but that I would be quiet and enduring and as faceted as the night, that I would have beauty for those who knew where to look. I wonder if I was looking for this place, looking for you all. Oh, my God. Mm! She succeeds in removing the arrows and notes that his blood is clotting, which means his magic is returning. Just before he passes out, he grabs her and says, I was looking for you, too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, morning comes. As favor waits with him, he's taking too long to recover. With his power, he should be healing more rapidly, but he can't because of the blood, the blood bane. Damn blood bane. If he can't heal, they can't leave. After hours and hours pass, Feyre decides she must go out and do what she has to do. She goes to find running water and sets her cloak down atop a snare she's devised, waiting for an old friend. She has to bide her time for a few hours, but then she feels its presence. And when a crack sounded through the forest followed by a screech that hollowed out my ears. I knocked an arrow into my bow and set off to see the surreal. <gasps> it's the surreal. He's back. He's it's back. back. I think it's an it. It's back. Thank you. Please <laughs> don't put the surreal in a box. I won't. I'm sorry. She describes it as horrific to look at, but I think he's, I think it sounds kind of cute. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Although in my head it is a little Cenobite-ish. Yeah, like the clacker, the teeth clack. <laughs> I think Cenobites are adorable. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like sexually align with one just so that it could protect me in hell. Oh, you're like one of those women who start writing letters to serial killers in jail. <laughs> yeah. like, you'll protect me because you, you, you kill people all the time. Come on. Um, which one would you, which son of bite? I guess the teeth one. I mean, we all want a pinhead, but I don't think we're all going to get the pinhead. You know what I mean? Is pinhead the Reese of the Cenobites? Uh, maybe. I, I mean, so. I guess there's the different kinds of ones. I guess so. And, and so she catches the surreal and the surreal seems to remember her and says... What fascinating changes a year has wrought on you, on the world. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have time for the riddle bullshit. Just just tell me what I need to do to cure bloodbane poisoning, please. So it seems like the surreal like sort of knows what's happening in her life a little bit. Um, I feel like he's watching her life like we watch Love is Blind. Yeah, where I he's think just so. like eating popcorn, like <laughs> Oh man, man, you must feel real, real weird after that finger blasting. <laughs> just watching it all happen. I'm glad there is corn in Prithian because yeah, I it's, love it's it. Pea corn, yeah. I'd be really sad if it wasn't there and I was there. Um she asks it. It's hard to call it an it. Mm. She asks it, what do I need to do? It says, it's easy. You need to just give him your blood. 
Feyre is endowed with Dawn Court's healing powers. It demands to be released, but suddenly she's aware that it probably can get down on its own and is perhaps testing her. She thanks it and lets it loose. Because she has honored her word twice now, it gives her another piece of advice. The surreal stained teeth clacked against each other. If you wish to speed your mate's healing, in addition to your blood, a pink flower weed sprouts by the river. Make him chew it. <gasps> uh, squeeze me? Oh, baking powder? Cereal? Um, baking powder? Mott? Did you just say mate, Mr. Surreal? Are you saying it must have been Mott because there's no way he said mate. There's no way he said mate, right? He said, <laughs> he said Matt. Oh, like yoga yes. Mat. Oh, like a yoga mat. He's just talking about bringing out. We're gonna have to do some yoga, yeah. and we just have to move his his body into like some moon tower pose, and um, <laughs> it'll be fine. No, he said the word mate. He said the word mate. Ah! Um, so now Feyreth shooketh. Everybody's getting shaken and quaking yes. in this section of the book. Yes. The surreal seems surprised that Feyreth doesn't know this. Interesting. She wants to know, does he know? Yes. <gasps> but she, then she says, how can I be his equal? And someone's fishing for compliments. Yeah, dude. He's the most powerful high lord to ever walk this earth. You are new. You are made of all seven high lords, unlike anything. Are you two not similar in that? Are you not matched? This is very, like, married at first sight. Like, the surreal is being the um, matchmaker now. And just like, um, hello, think more of yourself. And oh. that maybe, you know, like, I want you to, you guys are mated because mm. you are equal. Hmm. Probably. Although we have heard stories of matings where the mating didn't go well in these books already. That's true. Sometimes they're not they're not actually compatible, but they are like but scientifically they are mated. scientifically mated. Um. So this is big, guys. Like, what do we think? <laughs> like, this is big. I was so shocked. Well, I this is, to me is really good storytelling, in my opinion, because. It wouldn't be a huge shock to learn that they were mates, but to reveal it in this moment, it genuinely surprised me. Because so surprising. You're so focused on whether or not Favor's going to be able to figure out how to and heal And if he's going to die own. or not. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about mating. So it was a very successful bait and switch, in my opinion. Um, Mate and switch. Come mate on. and switch. So now Favor's pissed with a capital P. Yeah, because he knows about it. Like, so he knew. He knew. That they were mated. She finds this weed by the river, snatches it out of the ground, and stalks and back to the cave. And finally she gets to grooving. So glad she just needed a little bit of weed. That's the one thing that Prithian is missing. No. Where is the ganj? No, it's a pink weed. Oh. That makes him do well, something. I, mean, I don't know what happens it. to him. Uh, Reese's, so she stalks back to the cave. Reese is conscious when she returns, and he knows pretty quickly that he's in trouble for something. She commands him to eat the weed and slices her arm open, practically screaming at him to drink, which is very fun. Like you're in a fight and you're just like, drink my blood. But I had to save drink you. It. So she confronts him. He's like, oh, no. Reese stilled. The entire world stilled. How long have you known? They have an argument. Mostly Feyre has an argument and he tries to calm her. You're He's like, ju- he was just getting whipped. Like a half hour ago, he was getting whipped. Girl, this is like not the time. Yeah. He reveals that he suspected for a long while, but 
knew she was his mate when Amarantha killed her. And then, of course, when he drew her out to that balcony that one last time in the Court of Thorns and Roses, he felt it snap into place after she had turned fey. He'd gone wide-eyed, had stumbled back as if shocked, terrified, and had vanished. It was then it snapped in for him. We finally know what that shock was from the first book. Yes. She reflects that it has that that this was over a half a year ago, but I'm like, all this happened in six months? Dude, this is it's a Ooh. lot going on. Maybe months are longer in Prithianland. Yeah, but then also again, in trauma time, that's really not that much and like not that much time to be able to like deal. No wonder she's still having all these guilt feelings and everything. Like this is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Vera's rage turns into sorrow at this moment. He had withheld information about herself, tried to protect her by keeping her in the dark. Now, I understand why he did, but I can imagine in that moment you're not thinking super clearly because he just, that's mating seems like a kind of a big deal. Yeah, dude. He says that she was in love with another male and that he didn't want to ruin things for her. I actually like totally get why yeah. he, he, he wasn't trying to force her. He wasn't trying to pressure her. He knew this, realized this, and waited for her to find out in time. And I actually, of all the things I love about Reese, this is one of the things that makes me love him even more. I know. I agree. And I think she's kind of being unfair here, but um, I get it also. She's pissed. And uh, he acknowledges that he was trying to find a way to tell her and was so distracted by trying to figure it out. He didn't, he didn't even notice the enemies were there until they shot him out of the sky, which leads me to believe that he was about to tell her in that last moment. Yeah, She doesn't want to hear it. Farah, he pleads, but she demands he take her back to the camps now. And I saw the pain and sorrow in his eyes, saw it and didn't care, not as that thing in my chest was twisting and breaking, not as my heart, my heart ached so viciously that I realized it had somehow been repaired in these past few months, repaired by him, and now it hurt. And even here she's acknowledging that her heart's being healed, that she's becoming healthy again. So he does what she asks. He winnows them to right in front of his mother's house at the Illyrian camp, and she drops him on the ground as he's grunting in pain, and everyone's like, hey, guys, <laughs> what's going what's on? Going on? She ignores everyone and looks right to Morrigan. I will also say real quick, it's got to be really annoying that since they can, like, smell, like, your feelings and stuff like that in Prithian, <laughs> that, like, you know when you're fighting with a partner and, and you go out like, and you're trying to act like you're not fighting and then everyone, everyone knows, like, oh, we must be fighting. But you're like, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> no, everything's fine. Um, so that's what I feel like is happening here, even yeah. though he also was, like, shot with a bunch of arrows and he's getting whipped and stuff like that. Yeah, they're just like, oh, it's fine. what happened here? It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, so she demands, begs basically Morgan to take her away somewhere far away. Reese calls for Feyre again, and once more, Feyre pleads for Morgan to take her away. Moore debates for a moment and then grabs her and zaps away. They arrive somewhere in the mountains. We were high up on the peaks and about a hundred yards away. A log cabin stood tucked between two upper fangs of the mountains, shielding it from the wind. The house was dark. <laughs> oh my God! Sorry, it's like the cabin. Of like it's the cabin. 
It's not the cabin in the woods, which is different. No, that's it's a, a movie. Different yeah, that's a different cabin in the woods. Although that's got that's a fun movie. That is a fun movie. I just rewatched it. Um, yeah, so they're in this warded cabin. So more basically informs her this is this cabin that their family owns. It's secured by their family and that she is able to access it. She's like, oh, yeah, because I'm his mate, Morrigan. Damn. And then more sort of like, oh, I see, I see. She lets Feyre in and she tells her the house is spelled to take care of her. To which I say, let me get in a fight with Reese. Can I go hang out in this cabin? I know, in a cabin that's going to take care of me? Sure. Moore is trying to be sensitive to Feyre's feelings but wants to say something before she leaves. He wanted to tell Feyre. He agonized over it. And she goes on to say, but I've never seen him so happy as he is when he's with you. And I don't think that that has anything to do with you being his mate. I don't care. Mm, Girl, yes, you do. Yeah, of course you do. You absolutely care. Moore tells her that she'll be back in three days to check on her. Alone, no one around for miles, I stood in the silent cabin and stared at nothing. And then we are off to part three, House of Mist. So much happens in this book. It's so crazy. She's such a great writer. So I am so, like, just like you read this like, that's why they have to make... The series, Hulu, get on it. Begging for it. Please. You have to cast the people. We need to know. We need to thirst. We have to have it. (laughs) (laughs) The thirst. The quenching of the thirst. No, it's real. Oh, Um, it's real. uh, So we're we're getting almost to the end of this book. Yeah. Yep. And quite a book it is. They are mates. What do you think about it? Let us know what you guys think about them uh, finally being mates and knowing that it's true and know that they're supposed to be together. (laughs) They haven't even fucked yet. They've had intimate moment, but they haven't necessarily P and V fucked. Not that that's the only fuck, but like, you know. We know it's They couldn't coming. do it in there. It was too small. It's too small because his wings are so big. And he wanted to touch her first. Jeff, you don't have to have ah! wings. You don't have to have wings for me to be sated, okay? Just let me touch you first. <laughs> Mario! Mario, out get here. out of here! <laughs> Please read up until chapter 58 or page 556 in the paperback edition. And now... Dudes Grappling with Erotica, for educational purposes only. Featuring Brooks Whelan and Nick Turner. Well, well, he said to no one in particular. Looks like you're all on time for once. Raising his head as he continued kneeling, Cassian gave Reese a half grin, the High Lord's commander incarnate, eager to do his bloodletting. Reese's boots stopped in my line of sight. His fingers were icy on my chin as he lifted my face. The entire room, still on the floor, watched. But this was the role he needed me to play, to be a distraction and novelty. Reese's lips curved upward. Welcome to my home, fake hearsebreaker. I lowered my eyes, my coal-thick lashes tickling my cheek. He clicked his tongue, his grip on my chin tightening. Everyone noticed the push of his fingers, the predatory angle of his head, as he said, Come with me. A tug on my chin and I rose to my feet. Reese dragged his eyes over me and I wondered if it wasn't entirely for show as they glazed a bit. He led me the few steps onto the dais, to the throne. He sat, smiling faintly at his monstrous court. He owned every inch of the throne. These people. 
and with a tug on my waist, he perched me on his lap. The High Lord's whore, who I'd become under the mountain, who the world expected me to be. The dangerous new pet that Moore's father would now seek to feel out. Reese's hand slid along my bare waist, the other running down my exposed thigh, cold. His hands were so cold I almost yelped. But he must have felt the silent flinch. A heartbeat later, his hands had warmed. His thumb, curving around the inside of my thigh, gave a slow, long stroke as if to say, Sorry. Reese indeed leaned in to bring his mouth near my ear, well aware his subjects had not risen from the floor, as if they had once done so before they were bidden long ago and had learned the consequences. Reese, Reesant, that's a different character, whispered to me, his other hand now stroking a bare skin of my ribs in lazy, indolent circles. Try to not let that go to your head. I knew they could all hear it. So did he. I stared at their bowed heads, my heart hammering, but said with midnight smoothness, What? Reese's breath caressed my ear, the twin to the breath he'd brushed against it merely an hour ago in the skies. That every male in here is contemplating what they'd be willing to give up in order to get that pretty, red mouth of yours on them. I waited for the blush, the shyness to creep in. But I was beautiful. I was strong. I had survived, triumphed, as more had survived in this horrible poisoned house. So I smiled a bit, the first smile of my new mask. Let them see that pretty red mouth and my white straight teeth. His hand slid higher up my thigh, the proprietary touch of a male who knew he owned someone, body and soul. He'd apologized and advanced for it, for this game, these roles we'd have to play. But I leaned into that touch, leaned back into his hand, leaned back into his hard, warm body. I was pressed so closely against him that I could feel the deep rumble of his voice as he, at last, said to his court, Rise! As one they did, I smirked at some of them gloriously bored and infinitely amused. Reese brushed a knuckle along the inside of my knee and every nerve in my body narrowed to that touch. Go play, he said to them all. They obeyed, the crowd dispersing, music striking up from a distant corner. Kier, Reese said, his voice cutting through the room like lightning on a storming night. But it was from Azriel that Kier cringed, from the sight of the truth teller. One day I realized Azriel would use that blade on Moore's father and take a long, long while to carve him up. You had a lot more words. <laughs> hey, babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.